without a parachute once. I like dumb jokes, it's a bad habit. I know, I know where Tiz lives. Still I got a hope cop, take a look at it. Well, I'm, uh, I'm here, I'm very excited. Um, we were talking in the last episode about how I'd love to meet a, a real life bee in person. And uh, my prayers were answered. <laughs> and I'm sat here with Strike Engineer in the flesh. This is really exciting. Well, it is. It's good to be here. Um, a friend of mine lives not far from here, and she canceled on me, so my schedule opened up. Yeah. My whole day. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and you made, you made quite a special trip to... I mean, originally we talked, we've been talking for a few weeks, haven't we, about this? Um, and originally you were, we're, I was thinking maybe of meeting up somewhere in a city, elsewhere in Belgium. And then you were like, no, no, I can, I can come to you. That's fine. Right. Yeah. So, Americans, we love our, our freedom of our cars. So yeah. <laughs> we don't have to worry about the rail or, or meeting. Yeah. I, I guess it's maybe my European thinking. I, I thought, oh, he's probably with the train or the bus or something. So I was trying to help you out. But then, no, no, I've got a car. <laughs> right. <laughs> a vehicle. Although yeah. I have to admit, the more I spend time I spend in Europe, the easier it gets to use the trains. And uh, I, I don't even imagine getting around London without. No. You, you can't, no. It, and it's, it's the same in, I don't know what it's like in big cities in the States, but uh, I imagine in New York, for example, it's probably a lot easier going around in the, uh, in the underground or the tube. Oh, or subway. Subway, yeah. I, I was, the last time I was in New York was in 2000. Yeah. And we had the great idea to drive my car to Times Square. <laughs> and that was a, a very long three hours of my life. And, uh, yeah, you don't drive in the big cities anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, many years ago, I think it was around 2000, uh, Belgium were playing England in the World Cup or in the Euro, Cup, Euro uh, Soccer Championship. And um, I'd, I'd met my to-be wife at that time, and her parents had come over. My wife is from Belgium, so her parents were over with a Belgian car. And, uh, I just, and a, a friend of mine was stuck in London city centre, and he, he was desperate for a lift. Uh, so I'd, I'd offered to go and pick him up uh, in a Belgian car um, in, the busy, in the busiest city in the country uh, when England were playing Belgium. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, and with the steering wheel on the other side. Uh, it, was, um, it was very, it was, I had a few near-death experiences. <laughs> right. Well, that, that's one thing I won't, well, I don't think I'm comfortable enough to drive in England. Uh, it's just... The wrong side of the car and wrong side of the road. Yeah, just... you get used to it, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I've been driving now on the... Wrong side of the The wrong road. side, yeah, the, the correct side, the right side. Uh, and it's, yeah, uh, it's weird. It would be weird for me now to drive on, on the other side of the road. But we're going to the UK in uh, next month on for the first time since before COVID. And so, you're, you're driving your wrong-sided car? Yeah, I'm driving my wrong-sided car, so it should be all right. Which is the right-sided car? Well, the steering wheel is on the right side, the right-hand side. We can debate whether it's right, correct, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, you've um, and you, you've arrived. Your your uh, rental vehicle is fraught with a Belgian number plate. So I, I wasn't sure how how did you get here? Then you you flew into Brussels Airport, or I did um, without giving away too much information. Well, I'm going to give a, uh, a travel tip. 
make your 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 traveling long. Like if you go on booking.com or or kayak or whatever website you use, well they'll have these cheap tickets, but it's like 42 hours of travel. Well, mm-hmm. who wants to travel 42 hours? That's a lot, man. To go from Seattle, which is where I kind of started, to um, Gdansk, to Poland. Mm-hmm. And in that 42 hours, you've got you know, eight-hour layovers, 12-hour layovers that are long enough once you figure out how to, how to get in and out of airports and how to do transportation in various cities. Um, you can see a lot of the world on a cheap airline ticket. Yeah. You just can't sleep for a couple of days <laughs> figure out how to get a little rest on the airplane yeah because we're, we're recording this now i imagine everyone in the states is fast asleep so are you, are you coping with the time difference um it's 1 30 in the morning back home so uh, it's, you just wear yourself out and yeah. you deal with it but uh anyone who's been in the army knows that they they kind of condition you to to operate on weird sleeping schedules okay. and you sleep when you can and you operate until you can't anymore so yeah. It's just years of conditioning. I love to sleep, though. I mean, when I'm at home, eight, ten hours a night. Wow. It's, yeah. I, well, in a perfect conditions. So. Yeah, it's important to get good sleep. My wife's reading a book at the moment about how distracted people are. And, yeah, I mean, the, it's kind of obvious, but the, the main reason is the blue light from the TV mm-hmm. or the, the smartphone. Um, the amount of information we get coming at us every single day. Um, like, I think in the 80s, we used to get, say, I don't, I'm just, I can't remember the exact number, but like 50 th- different bits of information coming at us a day. And then like 20 years later, that shot up to like 250. It's, I mean, I, I don't have the figures here, but it, it's just insane. So right. they, they recommend two hours before you go to bed, no, no screen, e- including Apple's new um, filters they have to adjust the light levels. It's, okay. uh, it's not meant to be very healthy, but... I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> well, I, I often, uh, I have customers from the East Coast to the West Coast, and um, I often will work late for my East Coast customers, so when mm-hmm. they wake up in the morning, they're like, oh, we've got an email to work with. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I need to do a better job of managing managing my work schedule, but you work when you can. Yeah, and you operate, yeah, when you can. But, yeah, you've had a bit of um, a, an adventure, because I think you stopped in Iceland. I did. Um, I was there for about six hours, and I went. Uh, it's a twenty-minute drive to their Blue Lagoon, which is it's kind of a spa hotel thing. Um, Got to Google that. It's a geothermal pool that was discovered as an industrial accident, and now it's a big spa. Is that this? Here? That's it. Yeah. The Blue Lagoon. The wow. Blue Lagoon, and it's a natural occurring swimming pool. Really, it's lined with the same stuff that you would put in a, a swimming pool. It just happens. That looks to, amazing. Yep, and I, so spa options and whatnot but i just swam because I, I swim every day at home anyway so i was is that you i know <laughs> no uh i did do the mask though you can do it so, <laughs> just because it's free this isn't a video podcast but this uh there's a, a picture of a guy chilling out with a woman putting a face mask on him so in the in the water but uh, i'll put a picture of that in the in the show notes so it's, uh, that looks pretty cool yeah. And then you went from there to London? I did. Um, and I've been to England a couple times, but I've never spent any time in London. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're willing to walk, you can see most of the things in London in a day. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you don't go in and do tours, which I don't generally yeah. do anyway. But yeah. yeah, I've got plenty of pictures of stuff. And Big Ben is just a big clock. 
Yeah, I don't know. Is it, is it a bit anticlimactic when you get there and see it? Or, well, I, uh, I was prepared for it to be anticlimactic. So, yeah, it's, it's, you see it and it's like, well, it's a big clock. Yeah. No, the, the, there's, there's interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a very, if you compare it to where U.S. cities have gone, the direction that they go, it's, it feels like a safe city. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the transportation system is, they've got to figure it out. Yeah. So it's you, very good. So yeah. you can, you can get around and see most of the stuff you want to see. Granted, I don't look into a lot of detail when I'm by myself, but yeah, you can, you can pretty much hit most of the city. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And then you flew to, uh, to Brussels. I did. Yep. Got okay. in last night, did a lot of work. Yeah, I think you may have mentioned this to me before, but I didn't realize I thought maybe you were heading straight back to the States after today, but you're going on to Poland. Poland was the ultimate goal anyway. Okay. All right. But I'm making, I left my house. When did I leave my house? I'm, I'm about 48 hours into my travels and I still have about 24 more before we get to our ultimate goal in, in Poland. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Well, it's a good tip. Uh, you, you're, making, you're making adventures along the way. And, and I'm having to work too. So um, if I'm not sleeping in a hotel or on the plane, I'm working. Do you have that, when you get home, you have that thing of like, ah, I'm home. Well, initially when you, when you get home, there's, I don't go to bed until I've done my laundry, I've unpacked, you know, I've got my work because I, I travel with my work stuff. Uh-huh. So I, I reset my office up. The last time I came home, it was two o'clock in the morning and I'm unloading my back, uh, my backpacks and my luggage and I'm doing laundry and I'm setting up my computer. And so it's four thirty, five o'clock in the morning before I'm, I'm wow. back in bed yeah. because, you know, the, the next day it's like, I want the, the kind of trip behind me, but uh, I did a trip with a friend uh, recently who had just retired. Uh-huh. Granted, his retirement was from the army, so mid forties. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's not old as retired. And we texted each other. And we, well, actually, he video he uh, Facetimed me that afternoon. He's like, he's like, you know, I'm I'm kind of a little depressed. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. This it was so fun. We had such a good time. Um, it was a work trip for both of us. He he works. Um, in the defense industry, we'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was such a good time and we got to do so much stuff and it was very engaging because we were working. And we got home, it was anticlimactic. Yeah, where it's yeah like, I can imagine. We're now home, we've just been doing really kind of somewhat important stuff. And now we're, you know, he was living in Tacoma and uh, I'm living in Alaska and <laughs> The, the amount of interaction I have is with my dog. So yeah. it's like, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it reminds me of when, when I was a teenager, we used to go, there was a yearly Christian camp in the summer and it, you, it, you always had a blast. You had such a good time. You met other young people who uh, wanted to be, follow Jesus as well. And the town I was from, that was very few and far between. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, 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 the days after that massive event was also a bit anticlimactic. Um, and um, yeah reminds me a bit as well of the have you seen Lord of the Rings I have yeah yeah when they get back from their amazing adventure <laughs> and they're just sat in, the, in their in their little uh, in their pub or what would you call that um, and they're just sat there and everyone around them is oblivious to what did just happen they just saved the world and they're sat there like and I, I don't know if that's anticlimactic but it's kind of that return to normality isn't it I suppose yeah yeah, yeah coming down from the high mountain yeah yeah, yeah. definitely definitely so um, it, it's funny because uh, and I guess this is the case for you most people when I tell them I live in Belgium uh, when I'm talking to people from the UK anyway 
or even from people from the states that, that travel like you, most people will say, "Ah, oh, yeah, Belgium. I, I've driven through there once." Is that is that the same for you? Or well, uh, the first time I came here was intentionally to be here. Um, I was in the 101st Airborne Division when I was in the Army. Uh, 101st Airborne Division is in uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. It's actually in Tennessee, but the headquarters is right across the border in Kentucky. So anyway, okay. yeah. um, and I was stationed there for three years. But before I was stationed there, we I went to West Point and we had to write a paper on something that happened during World War II. Okay. And um, one of my papers was on the Battle of the Bulge. So when the opportunity came to come over to Europe, I was like, I've got to go to the Ardennes. I've got to see where the Battle of the Bulge happened. Yeah. So... Belgium was on my list of places to go, to be, to see. Um, but when I got down to the, to the um, Battle of the Bulge Museum in, uh, what city is that in? I don't remember. Is it in, uh, in Ypres? Or, um... No. Um, anyway, wherever it is, they were closed for the season. So no. I didn't do my homework. But if you just drive south a little bit into Luxembourg, they have a mini museum for the Battle of the Bulge and, and kind of the history oh, yeah. museum of, of Luxembourg. So I did get to do the history tour. And I found out that I'm, museums are boring. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed walking around in the woods um, up in in uh, kind of the high part of... What do, you, what do you guys call that? The Ardennes? Or what, uh, what the, you, the Ardennes. Uh, the, uh, uh, yeah, the Ardennes, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's Ar, uh, well, they say Ardennes in, in, uh, in, in Flemish, but uh, yeah, the Ardennes, okay. yeah. Well, the, the thing that I enjoyed about that is you would look on this map for where something significantly happen, significant happened in history during the Battle of the Bulge or World War II. And it's a, it's a field with, you know, a, a sheep. Field. It's got sheep in it. So it's like there, there's a little corner <laughs> marker uh, where it said on this date, something happened yeah. here. So you're walking around in the woods and you're, you're basically walking through people's yards to yeah. get to these... And then it, these landmarkers. There's just a sheep looking at you. Going, it, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there was a church. There's a church in some town where it had been a collection point for a lot of uh, injured soldiers. Mm -hmm. And they still have a big hole in the bell tower where a German um, wow. rocket or something. Yeah. Some, something hit it. And uh, it's a church that people still go to every Sunday. And it's kind of they anticipate that people are going to be you know driving by and looking at it because yeah. there there are some random I guess that's why history buffs who who will find these places yeah of course I guess that's why they've probably not fixed it hey they just left it as it was and uh, uh, probably as, a, as an American tourist in Europe um, do you how do you think you um, how do you think you behave as a tourist do you do anything embarrassing or <laughs> well I, I've learned to blend in yeah. anything from like what kind of clothing you, you wear and whatnot. Um, I do have some friends who are in the intelligence world yeah. and, and they've taught me redacted, redacted, yeah. redacted, redacted. <laughs> they, they've since some of them have retired. Um, we actually have some people on uh, the forum who are former ah, people. I did not know. Yes, ah. and I won't mention names. No, you've uh, <laughs> you've, you've um, piqued my interest. On yes, it, once we're not recording, I'll tell you some of the people who were ah. um, involved okay. in stuff like that. But yeah, they, I think fashion has become more similar. kind of more similar. Yeah. Where you know, twenty years ago, you didn't see a lot of people wearing jeans in Europe that were. Um, not American, but yeah, you just, you learn to dress in, in my, uh, 
um, appearance is fairly generic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I'm in the Middle East, I, I have a dark enough complexion that I can kind of blend in a little bit uh, if, I, if I'm out in the sun. Yeah, just do your homework. Know where, where you're going. Um, for example, when I was in Turkey a few weeks ago, uh, actually a couple months ago now, um, the city of Izmir, which is the biblical city of Smyrna, Okay. Um, the city has three, four million people in it and eight or nine neighborhoods for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And you just know what neighborhoods are friendly and which ones aren't. Um, Izmir is a very Western city anyway, because it was held controlled by the Greeks until Mm -hmm. the fifties and sixties anyway, I think. Um, then we went to Istanbul and Istanbul is a very 26 million people. Mm -hmm. Um, you just go to where you know it's safe. Yeah. Um, and so you've, re- you've really seen a, a lot of the world, haven't you? Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried. Um, just do your homework. Know where you're going. Dress appropriately. Um, for example, if you're going to the Middle East, never wear shorts. I mean, it's just people don't do that. Yeah. Uh, unless you're at the beach. Yeah. And then there's designated areas for that. So wow. baseball caps. I mean. And like you say with fashion, I think it's changing now. But like 20 years ago, like if I was in a the historical city of Bruges, for example, uh, you might see a you know uh, form four middle-aged people and the, the the men are wearing baseball caps, and then you can just they've got they had a certain look about them, and you say oh, they look like American tourists, right? Um, but I, I have that as well. With uh, we have a lot of people from Poland here in Belgium, and um, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like a certain appearance or hairstyle. Or the way they conduct themselves. Sometimes you can just look at them and think they look like they're from Poland, and then you hear them and you're like, "Oh yeah, they are." <laughs> so it's funny how this, the stereotypes sometimes. Uh... Yeah, there are some cultural things that Americans don't do, um, just because we're not old world. Yeah. Um, I was in. Uh, we went to a church, um, and I don't know where where it was, but I noticed one of the guys um, when he stepped in the church, he took his hat off. And he was walking around and he was behaving differently than most of the other tourists. And uh, I went up and asked him, I said, hey, I noticed you took your hat off when you came in. And it was a Catholic church. And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, my grandmother would have slapped me in the face if I would have wore my hat. Oh, yeah. And I did the same thing because I had an old Italian Catholic grandmother who would have <laughs> drugged me through the coals if I would have been wearing a hat. And it was raining, so we all, uh, most people were wearing hats that day. And uh, I later found out he was Polish. He grew up in a Polish house that was Catholic. And he mm-hmm. said, yeah, they, they just, even though he was in the United States, there were many cultural things that kind of carried over sure. on how you just behave as simple as um, when you walk into a church yeah. and, and yeah. things like that, that Americans are very casual about their church. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're not going to see an American who walks in the, you know, a church that's 1200 years old to know to take off your hat mm-hmm. and to, to be quiet and things like that. But it's not expected, but it's just a it's a respect thing, a cultural thing that some people have have held on to. And others I think, yeah, I think it's an in, an inbuilt thing, certainly in the UK and here as well. Even when people go into the older built church buildings and even historic buildings, uh, they're immediately very quiet. I've noticed that too. And I know one of the one of the stereotypes of and yeah, it's not just the American tourists. The British can be like this as well. But um, I think sometimes you might be perceived as a, to an outsider as loud. Would mm-hmm. that be a fair, <laughs> a fair I, stereotype? I have or? a friend who, who um, 
often asks me to be quiet. She's European, and uh, she she notices that Americans are not uh, quiet people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the British. I mean, it's because thinking about my my own race or my people. I was in Bruges many years ago, and we were queuing, uh, standing in line, not queuing. We were standing in line. So it, it, you were queuing. We were queuing. That's okay, we so it. you don't stand in a queue; you queue. We, yeah, that, and I've had some uh, some uh, laughter from the forum on this one from from Prof and. Uh, I've made a couple of headlines about queuing because it's such a fun word. Yes, yeah. but I've, I, and I've submitted headlines as well about queuing, and then people in the comments are like, "What is this uh, heresy? What is a queue?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was standing in line, um, but I was standing in line, and there was a. Um, uh, British tourists in front of me and I was so embarrassed because they, they wanted to order uh, some fries, you know, typical Belgian fries and the, some British people, probably not so much more these days, but uh, they just assume that by um, talking slowly and loudly <laughs> that the person would understand them better you know, so they were like hello, can I and I'm, I'm just there, with, you know, like oh, I'm not British I'm not British <laughs> <laughs> See, I do that in cabs, and it's it's not necessarily a lot of foreign, depending on what com- country you're in, Yeah. to include the United States. There are a lot of foreign cab drivers, and I speak loudly in the back of a cab or a car just to make sure that... So they can hear you. So they can hear you, but uh, I was in a, a cab recently, and it was an electric car, uh-huh. and they're very quiet. So I found myself catching myself realizing, wow, I'm speaking way too loudly for this quiet car. He probably thinks I'm doing something similar just so he understands me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, we haven't got a huge amount of time, have we? It's, um, I think you've got to leave in just over 90 minutes or yeah, around 90 minutes. Yeah, about an hour and a half. I'm and I've, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat you to, to some uh, typical Belgian, Belgian food, which okay. uh, is translated as Flemish stew, and they call it stovery. So it's kind of a, a very old recipe where you take, um, you take beef, and you, uh, I have to be honest, I've never made it myself. My wife made it last night, but uh, you mix it with uh, bread and mustard, uh, oh. which kind of evaporates in the meat and the meat becomes very soft. And then you have it with fries and you can have it with peas or salad or whatever. Um, so um, I might try and capture your reaction and tell, okay. you can tell people what you think of that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, um, yeah, we got, we got some short, a bit of short time together and um, I'd mentioned on the headline forum that we'd be interviewing you. I didn't mention that you were actually coming here. Okay. Uh, some people knew. I thought some people might know, but I thought it might be fun just to, just to surprise the, the community with that, because who would have thought? That someone would come this far. That someone would, and you, I think it was after our, that episode where I, I mentioned, oh, I'd love to meet someone from um, a, a bee in real life. And you, um, you then emailed us and said, hey, I'm coming, I might be coming over. Right. Would you be interested in meeting up? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That would be so awesome. And it, it works out really well. It's like, it just feels like the Lord's timing because I've just finished yesterday my last exam. Yeah, perfect timing. Yeah, and uh, I'm at home. This is kind of my first day in uh, vacation. Well, yeah, vacation mode. I mean, I've got my wife's uh, been holding off on a massive uh, honey to do list. <laughs> I don't see it posted yet. No, 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 no. Okay, it's she's, not up yet. She's hidden it. Is she? Okay. <laughs> how, how do you find the app? Do you use that, the B app on your phone um, or not the B app? Yeah, I, I do use the app on this phone ah. when I travel, but I've intentionally unloaded it and I made a comment about this where if it's on your phone, it, it can distract you too much. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> so, that, that is true. I've spent far too much time on the... And I, I know there are many people in the B form who, who will openly admit that they have been on the app during work meetings uh, or church. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I am not, not guilty. So. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had quite a few comments. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I think with the time difference, sometimes I miss out on some of the inside um, comments and jokes. And so one of the, the first questions was from Don't Slow the Earth. Uh, I don't know if you've been through these yourself yet. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is some sort of joke that I've missed out on, but how many times have you seen Taylor Swift perform? <laughs> I've never seen her perform, nor do I really have an interest. I'll, I'll give you why that the ta- Twitter, Taylor Swift thing is a thing. Uh, Be Happy 2 posted a headline that had a couple lyrics from various um, Taylor Swift font songs. Okay. And just right before that, um, we were going to do karaoke with a f- some friends from college yeah. in Tacoma. And one of my friend's wives was going to pick the songs. Mm-hmm. Well, she delegated that to her Girl Scout troop. So the list that came back of potential songs we were going to sing in karaoke were lots of Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> so I had been playing Taylor Swift songs. So when the the song was selected on karaoke night. I at least had a journal idea yeah. what I was going to be doing. Um, so when I saw this headline, I'm like, oh, I know a lot of lyrics. Maybe I can do some comments based on Taylor Swift lyrics. <laughs> and I noticed she just has thousands and thousands of gifts. Like that. It, so I'm like, maybe I'll be the Taylor Swift gift guy. <laughs> and then you start to learn about like this do I really want to be affiliated with Taylor Swift? Cause I didn't know enough about her, but you know, you, you kind of just uh, commit to the bit. And uh, <laughs> I, I know very little about Taylor Swift. Um, what I do know, I'm not really impressed with, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. And I, I would never go to one of her concerts. Although I sat on the plane yesterday with a gal from Canada who is super excited that she's going to go down to the States and see a Taylor Swift concert next month. <laughs> so I, I just, I, I, oh man, I, you know, if you could, maybe it's my age now, but if you can give me a choice between going to a concert or just being at home, crashing on my couch, watching TV or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the ballet. I love uh, musicals. Yeah. Um, kind of traditional theater, but I've, I've known even now, uh, like I went to a ballet that was Romeo and Juliet. Um, a few months ago it's just so much modern dance and even modern music has kind of crept into more even the more classical art yeah. uh, stuff it's, it's not as enjoyable just while we're talking and what time what time is it in the states at the moment um in alaska it's two in the morning so on the east coast it's six i just had a notification 20 seconds ago from real mccoy shout out to real mccoy <laughs> so he's he's up late and also or up early or user madasota viking just uh, just reacted. So the forum is starting to wake up. <laughs> so that's at Skull? Uh, at, at Skull, yeah. yeah okay. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Theo Nerd asks, what on earth is wrong with you? <laughs> I was probably dropped on my head when I was a baby. I don't know. <laughs> um, I have to say in advance, I'm probably not, we're probably not going to get around to all of these, but yeah, uh, that's fine. there's a few serious ones in here as well. Um, okay. From Yantelope. Are you actually an engineer, or do I need to report you to the Board of Professional Engineers? I am an engineer, and I just, as of uh, last week, have added Oklahoma to my list of states that I'm licensed in. So, yes. I'm a civil and structural licensed engineer. Ah. 
But Dangit Kyle asks another engineer-related question. He says, what is an engineer? Also, does your deep love of puns come naturally, or was it an acquired taste? When my daughter was three or four, she asked me the same question, what an engineer is. And I said, a problem solver, someone who solves problems, or a professional pessimist. And, uh, <laughs> it, and she responded, um, there must be a lot of problems in the world because you work a lot. So. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, you know, the, the, my knowledge of engineers is very, very limited. I mean, I, my immediate thought goes to something with mechanical or what something you would do with your hands or build but i guess there's so much no, you've, got, it's, it's, you've got so much more than that haven't you it is and, and one of my companies that i'm a partial owner is a forensic investigation company wow. and yeah. um we figure out what went wrong like this morning i was working on a, a project where a vet clinic was hit by a car and from an engineering standpoint it's a different review than say an insurance adjuster because the insurance adjuster just wants to make it look right yeah but as we go through the investigation you realize wow a lot of this stuff is damaged well into the you know building beyond where the truck hit it so mm -hmm. yeah so then you're looking at the structure and yeah the bigger picture really the bigger yeah, picture yeah. yeah all right okay which insurance companies don't generally like to pay for <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> Um, Skull Crazers, he asks, uh, tell, this is quite good, tell us your craziest Alaskan survival story. Well, next time I'm in, in Texas, I think I'm going to look him up and do, do uh, I have his phone number. We need to do coffee and I'll give him a longer version of stories. But um, I grew up, my dad was a bush pilot and we had horses and we lived in the summertime in cabins, didn't have electricity, didn't have running water. So we didn't have a lot of big events. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of little events all day long. And sure. my dad was, an, uh, he, he was a homesteader in Alaska and he taught me a lot of skills so that you, you you're constantly assessing risk. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing that stands out, um, where my dad panicked and I knew something was bad was about to happen. And it wasn't a big, long event because I've got long stories I can tell uh, about things that we've done. But the thing that was like an instant, we have to do something or we're dead. Um, and we were walking through the woods. And if you can smell a bear before you see it, you know it's very close. Wow. And they have a very distinctive kind of rotten odor if they've been eating meat, you know, a lot of meat, fish. And we stepped into this clearing and there were trees pulled up everywhere. There's bushes knocked down. And um, I tripped over something. And this was, I think I was probably eight or nine years old. Yeah. And I looked down and it was a piece of a moose head was sticking out of the ground. Wow. A bear had just recently killed a moose and was in the process of burying it when we walked into this clearing. Oh. And uh, my dad turned around and looked at me and he said, don't run, but walk as quickly as you can just in that direction. Yeah. And uh, he got back behind me in case the bear did decide that he wanted to have his meal back. And we just walked as quickly and as fast as we could. And we got to this, basically this ravine that just dropped down into a creek. And he said, just keep going. So you kind of tumble down the hill until you got far enough away that you felt that the bear was not going to Yeah, because that's retaliate. the thing, if you start, if you start yeah. running... If you start running and the bear sees you, it's, it's you know... It's done. It's done, yeah. Or so they say. Because I, I saw that. Um, yeah, obviously, it's not, I've never experienced anything like that, but um, we don't have them here. But in um, I saw that movie. Is it Reverence with Leonardo DiCaprio? Have Revenant. Revenant, yeah. yeah. 
uh, that's got a terrifying, I mean, it's all CG, isn't it? But mm. a terrifying bear sequence where he gets attacked by a bear. I, I mean, I imagine that's very realistic. It is. Um, where I live, probably um, in the city of Anchorage, which is a city of 350,000 people, uh-huh. um, probably about once a year someone's killed by a bear in the wow. city. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Because they're being stupid or just um, things like happened to you and they ran instead of walked or... Uh, the this two summers ago it was a guy who was just hiking um i say it's a city but it's it's a very very big broad area but uh-huh. he was just hiking um in a part of the city and it was a an older bear um just he scared it came up on it without the uh, and it was just and that's game over game over yeah oh my goodness okay well that's uh Let's try and move out, out of the dark <laughs> subject there. Um, question here from Gen X Ambassador. Tell us about your career as an army engineer and how you regret not going into the Air Force. Um, you know, I think you and I have had an exchange about this. My senior year in high school, I was accepted to both the Air Force Academy and the uh, West Point. Mm-hmm. And when you're 18 years old, making a big decision like that, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard. So uh, I flipped a coin. Heads was George Washington, tails was an eagle. And I flipped it and it came up heads. So I was like, well, I'll go to West Point. I'd never, never been there before. Uh, I did do a summer scientific seminar at the Air Force Academy. So uh-huh. I, I had been to Colorado Springs um, and it just came up heads. And I'm glad I did. Um, who knows what, what it, where I would have been if I went to the Air Force. Um, so when I graduated, I went to West Point. I was there for four years. Then I went to Army Engineering School. Um, in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. They call it Fort Lost in the Woods for a reason. It's in the middle <laughs> of nowhere, central Missouri. Um, went on to ranger school. I'm a ranger school dropout. Um, well, I got kicked out. I didn't drop out. Uh, then I went to the 101st Airborne Division. I there's was a, there. There's a story in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there is a story in there. Uh, th- that was a, it was a very cold winter in Georgia and they had a very high failure rate that winter. Um, I went to the 101st Airborne Division. Uh, I was there for three years while I was there. Um, kind of had some random jobs mm-hmm. that people in the Army don't really know exist for lieutenants. Well, they were captain's jobs, but they couldn't get a captain to do them, so they made the, the lieutenant do it. Um, I was a platoon leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a planner. Uh, I wrote war plans for um, various parts of the world that wow. were threats. So Wow. Okay. It, it, uh, and then I went to Iraq. I was there for about a year. After the I got back from Iraq, um, I went and was at the Army Engineering School. I was supposed to be a student, but I got hurt when I was in Iraq, and I didn't. I could have limped my way through um, school, but I figured it would be a good time to try to take care of myself. So I taught there for two years, got out of the Army, mm-hmm. and then joined the reserves. Um, I was a trainer in the reserves. I taught classes and did evaluations for units before they deployed. Sure. And then um, I got bored with the Army and got out. So. <laughs> and I wanted to grow a beard, and they wouldn't let me grow a beard. So Really? That sounds very... Um... It's, it's functional reason. You have to yeah. be able to get a seal on your gas mask. And uh, yeah. a beard won't let you do that. Yeah. It's pre- prejudice against uh, bearded people. That's what I was thinking. Uh, well, oh, sorry, guys. I'm not going to be able to read all these out. Time's ticking away. But um, uh, Thee Thy Thou asks, in your estimation, who is the most dynamic and handsome B subscriber? A subscriber? Um, You've met some of them, haven't you? I have. Um, well, is Travis technically a subscriber? 
uh, Travis Woodside. Yes. Um, I think that's the right answer, isn't it? He, <laughs> he is a he is yeah. a subscriber, but no, uh, I, I'm just saying that because he put out the uh, premium article about. Ah, yeah, I've got it here. Meet the bee, Travis Woodside. So, yeah. Okay. No. Um, but I, I think the the right answer to the person you're supposed to suck up to in the forum is SDH, <laughs> even though she would she be considered handsome? I think. Well, you know, well, I mean, that's not the right word, but yeah, I think if, if it's someone in the, the forum you need to give compliments to, it's SDH, because she really runs the show. The Raider asks, how many countries have you visited? Are you at liberty to say? 20-ish. Really? Yeah, something like that. Wow. Well, I, I think I can share this, because it, it was by accident and not... Um, a country that I've been to that I was not supposed to go to. Um, in 1999, I was on a trip with the Jewish Institute of National Security Affairs in Israel. Wow. And we were supposed to meet up with a field artillery unit in northern Israel on the, the Lebanese border. And the night before we were supposed to meet up with them, there was a real world mission where some rockets had come in from um, across the border in Lebanon. The commander at the time was like, we've had enough of this. We're going to go figure out where these rockets are coming from. So they pushed their unit into Lebanon. And this is in the late 90s. I don't remember everything that was going on in the world at that time. And our appointment was with the field artillery unit. So we just followed the tank trail up to where, until we ran into them. And uh, we ended up being in Lebanon quite a few miles beyond the border. Wow. Um, and uh, a tour bus. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, my life seems very boring <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> you've, uh, you've seen a lot of good stuff. Well, good, yeah. You've seen a lot of action, haven't you? I, I've, I've seen my share, I guess. I can imagine. Well... Uh, who else do we have? Um, marked for deletion. What was your last strike over? Pay? Benefits? Bees need to know. When I was 16 years old, no, 15, no, 16 years old, I actually did join a union um, because I wanted to do summer um, construction. And in order to do the summer construction in Anchorage, you had to be a member of the union. And um, I guess I still am considered a member of that union. So if they ever strike, maybe I... I'm supposed to support them. So, no, I, I've never struck, and I've only, I guess I'm probably still part of a union. Okay. Where does your username come from, by the way? Obviously, you're an engineer, but what about the strike bit? It, it you... was my call sign when I was in the army in Iraq. Okay. I was, my brigade was the Strike Brigade um, in the 101st. It was spelled S T R I K E. Yeah. And then I was their engineer. My call sign on the radio was very similar to an infantry call sign. So when I would get on the radio and try to get in contact with people, yeah. they were always confused on what my call sign was. So we just switched it to strike engineer. So it was my radio call sign. That's, so I mean, most people just choose a dumb username, don't they? And you're like, I've got this cool call <laughs> sign from the army. I'm going to use that. That's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, Ah, Stanky Stankwich. Do you use any Jeremy Boring products to maintain your beard? No, <laughs> but I just used my last. Uh, what was the name of the company that Her Henry's Harry's Razors? I don't know. Yeah, anyway, there were the one that turned liberal that inspired Jeremy Razors. I just used my last razor, so I should probably order some Jeremy Razors so that I can. Because right now I'm just using uh, disposable Bic razors, and they don't work so well. <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll do a couple more. Um, we'll do one from Conservative Prophet. How many times have you jumped out of an aeroplane? Five. Really? Oh. And what's it like? 
your brain, I think it's 36 feet or 12 meters above the ground, 10 or 12 meters above the ground. I'm using my metric system for the Thank people you. here. <laughs> um, your brain doesn't register anything higher than that as okay. far as risk. So once you're above that level and you're jumping out of an airplane or anything like that, doesn't seem to make any... it, it doesn't make a difference. Um, so yeah, it's just like jumping off a really high thing. Um, I've jumped out of airplanes at night, which is interesting Yeah, because you're just stepping into the void. Um, yeah. I've, I've jumped out of a helicopter without a parachute once um, <laughs> on accident. Um, as, you, as, you, as one does. <laughs> as one does. Um, and obviously you survived. I, I did. And it was um, in a training exercise in Louisiana. Late, late at night, all the lights were shut off inside the helicopter. And I misread a signal and they dropped the ramp on the back of the helicopter. And as the platoon leader, I was the first one out and I was far enough above the ground that uh, I registered that I was falling and I landed in this nice little soft swamp and was was okay. Yeah, at what speed were you at terminal velocity or what? Oh, no, it was probably only 10 or 15 feet above the ground. Oh, okay. It's not like, you know, several no. thousand feet. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not like Tom Cruise in... Uh... Well, they, actually, they were, they were moving into land, the helicopter, but they realized there were some obstacles on oh, okay. it. They were supposed to land, so they, they moved forward rather than down, and out the back I went. I'm going to ask one more question okay. from, uh, from G. Fanson, who I think you said you'd met. Yeah, yep. And um, also, shout out to the other bees you've met. And I know um, Reckless for Life... Uh, asked a question as well. She'd um, she's met you, but uh, G. Fanson says, "I want to know the top the top things he loves about the B Forum and the people." Um, a creative outlet. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people on the forum are, are kind of people like me, engineers. Very kind of more people who don't have creative lifestyles. I think people who enjoy comedy, satire, are usually people who have are smarter people. So we go into worlds Amen. that Amen. are, <laughs> yeah, we go into <laughs> worlds that are kind of boring. So I think the best thing is probably the the um, the creative space, yeah. and also uh, the people are great. And, and I've never really been on social media. Uh, I, actually, I've never been on social media, um, so I don't know what it's like. But the interactions that I've had with people who are like minded, where if you call someone a racist on the, the forum, it's a joke and it's funny. And in many, con in many instances, when someone will drop like a racist out of nowhere, it's very, like, it's funny. Um, so I think having like-minded people who can kind of joke about the world, it's an outlet. Yeah. So, yeah. And That's people true. are great. The ones that I've met are, are wonderful people. Yeah. I think I met or have talked to offline almost everybody. Well, probably over half the people that that ask questions. Yeah, that's really cool. A lot of people on the forum were interested and were asking a lot of questions, so that's good. And I, I know Reckless for Life said, uh, um, I'll, I'll tag this on as a bonus. She said, after meeting me in person, do you think I live up to, to my B personality? If so, or if not, why? Uh, I'm going to say yes, but I'm also going to add on to that. I, I think when we're interacting, depending on how involved you are in the forum, when you're mm -hmm. interacting with people anywhere, in person, you kind of create a caricature of who they are where you take the, kind of their their characteristics and you emphasize them one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and you'll see that on those sketches that you get on the beach or the, you know, when you're out big heads, big ears, you know, that the things that stand out become emphasized. So you kind of create caricatures. Yeah. And so you interact with people and you kind of got an idea of what they're like mm -hmm. based on these small 
elements that they've exposed in this yeah. weird um, template of conversations. Um, but when I met her, she was who I thought she was. Um, mm-hmm. I actually met, I've known members of her family for years. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Um, and her dad uh, and I have crossed paths well, over the years. I don't think we ever met until just recently, uh-huh. but we've kind of bumped our circles of social circles have bumped into each other yeah. enough over the last you know two years that when I met her, I knew enough about her upbringing and who she associated with and who mm-hmm. her family was. So when I met her, she, she was exactly who, who I thought she was. Uh-huh. Very sweet girl. Um, initially very shy, which you would expect from, from what you've seen. But yeah, she, this last time I saw her, she's, she's opened up. She's real, very nice. That's girl. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, the next be live, I mean, you were just before we started recording, you were, you were saying that you, you want to get me over there, but, uh, I, uh, it would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool uh, to meet a lot of these guys and um, doing the podcast as well. And I mean, you're the first one I've met in the flesh, but which is so, so, so cool. But when you see people on the screen, sometimes you're like, yeah, you ha- you it's not like a, a negative thing, but you have like a shock. Like, ah, oh, I, I really didn't expect them to, to look like that or to sound like you're interacting with somebody only on a screen and then you sit you presented with the face and the voice and sometimes yeah. it takes a while to well to since everyone second. knows who she is when i met kurgel in um dallas she yeah. was exactly what you thought she would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i i could i could see that i mean yeah I, i've i've been uh kurgel and, and prof and i've had uh, a lot of online contact anyway so it's difficult for me now to separate her online persona as it were from from the person but uh, i can i can see that oh she definitely does have an online persona um yeah. i sat down and visited with her quite a while in texas and um it's a different comfort zone for her in person than it is online yeah so it's de- it definitely for the same as me as well i'd say i'm me you know i'm i'm a lot more outgoing on the forum than i would be in real i think life. most people are yeah, yeah. and um I, on the forum i can think of some good and witty things hopefully to say and to, to write but it's after letting things percolate for a while and, and you're thinking through and so um but when i'm recording the podcast and it's it's um it's got to be quick and, and fast and i've picked this up as well sometimes by listening back to the podcast you think oh man i i really need to work on my um the speed at which you're delivering things because sometimes i'm quite slow in my speech or i'm I'm analyzing something and I'm like, uh, and then it takes, oh, it takes a while for things to get out. So, uh, you know, you, sometimes the, the real life doesn't always match the, what you see online, I guess. Great. What's cooking with Pure Teach? It's Belgium. Okay, so the, uh, the fries are, are almost ready to go in. The meat's in the microwave. It is. Yeah. I've got some salad here. And microwaves are still legal in Europe? Sorry? Microwaves are still legal in Europe? Are they legal in the States? I don't know. I imagine they and will be soon. My wife made this. It's chocolate. It's chocolate with caramel and a shortbread crust. Oh, nice. So we'll eat some of that in a minute. And then uh, you can, you're welcome to take a big piece with you as well for the journey. Okay. And uh, my goodness, you, I've just been presented with a whole load of... Uh, American... American goodies. Oh, my word, there's loads there. Um... So we got like maple syrup and honey and marshmallows. Can I can I post a photo of all? all oh of yeah, that? go for it. That's fine. That's just so cool. 
But some of it, some of it's really different as well. You just don't see anything like that here in the states. Like, uh, can I talk about the contraband? Yeah, go for it. So what is? You were just telling you were just telling me in the in the state of California they've outlawed Skittles. 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 The really? red Skittles. No way. And hot tamales have the same red dye. I believe they're illegal in California as well. Wow. Have you had a hot tamale before? No. It's a really spicy cinnamon candy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna have one now. Go for it. You should try it. I'm not gonna have one now because we're about to eat. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sniff one. Mike and Ike's are their fruity cousins. The glue, the glue in the states is a lot more efficient than. Oh, okay, that's. So what's this? Is like hot, hot tamales. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Correct. And this is like a, a sweet. It is, but it's a spicy cinnamon. Sweet. Oh, I'm going to have it now. Right. Okay. Yep, that's quite spicy. <laughs> it's kicking in. Tamales. Yeah, I, I recognise the cinnamon flavour. Wow. But it says gluten and fat free, so I should be alright. You're alright, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's actually it's probably negative calories because it's, a, it's, it's gluten free. It's a healthy contraband. <laughs> Except for the dye. Except for the dye. Actually, you know what? They may have changed the colouring on Mike and Ike's to make them legal in no. There's a red one. So Mike and Ike's are probably partially illegal in California, too. So uh, That's nice. I like that. I think my kids will like that as well. But it, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, like, mega fierce, though. No. No, it's not. I think that's a bit of over-exaggeration on the marketing front. Uh, okay. All right, well, I think you've got a few other things to give me, but shall we eat first? And then yeah. we'll... Uh, but my, my table here is um, overflowing with uh, American goodies. It's really cool. And there's still some stuff we haven't opened yet. And there's still stuff we haven't opened yet. I think we'll open them as we go through the five questions. Okay. Is that like a... Okay. Oh, I, I, I've got some notes here. You've got some notes? I've got notes. And this is, a, this is the stew that's just come out of the microwave. And you were, in its cold state, you were telling me it looked good. Yeah, it still looks good. It's, it's very meaty. It would be uh, approved by many of the forum members for its quantity of meat to other... Its ratio of meat to other stuff. Well, we'll take... I don't know if the forum community are interested. I can always post a few photos. But, um, and maybe you'll think of some headline ideas while you're here as well. Right. Well, let's get eating. I won't record all of our chewing sounds, but... I was just interested to get your reaction to the, the, Belgian, uh, the Belgian stew uh, strike engine. Ah, I'm waiting here, so this is my first bite. Okay, go for it. Very good. It's good? Very tender, so mm. whatever she did, she did well. Yeah, we have, a good, uh, we have a very good oven. We're blessed. Is there any particular... Can you compare it to anything from in the state? Mm. Probably just a regular pot roast, I think, would be... Um, like the Baptist? So that's a potluck, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, no, it'd be like a Baptist pot roast with uh, actual flavor, though, so... <laughs> like, a, like a pot roast, but good. Uh, a pot roast with a little flavor, yeah. <laughs> so the mustard is definitely... Like, it's mild, but it's, it's uh, very flavorful. Well, I was helping my wife make it yesterday, and she said, you have, to, um, you have to get the bread and cover it with, with, with uh, 
with mustard and then cut the bread up and put it into the stew. And I said, well, why can't you just put the bread in and the mustard separately? And she's like, no, no, you have to do it like this. This is my grandmother's... I think it was her grandmother had it from her mother or something like that. So it's a very old family recipe, but this is a very typical Flemish stew, Flemish meal. Little things make a difference. I know that I went to a uh, potluck after church one time and the main meat dish was moose meat. Moose meat? Moose meat. Wow, I've never had that. Oh, it's, well, it varies in texture and and flavor Mm -hmm. just like anything else, but this roast that the lady had made for the after church potluck was tender and flavorful. We were impressed to the point where I didn't know what kind of meat it was. So I asked her, I said, hey, this is great. What kind of meat is this? She's like, oh, this is that moose roast that you guys had given us. Because yeah. we had been trying to eat this moose meat that my dad had given to me. But it was just, it was tough and it was... Not very nice. Not very good. But So whatever little steps she took to make it taste better, it, well, I, it, it inspired us. So we kept trying. So, I know the secret to um, tender meat is to let it sit in the oven for a very long time, I think. Um, but uh, this is, I have to say, we, we tend to try and get good organic meat when we can. And uh, it makes a huge, certainly over here, I don't know what it's like in the States, but if you roast non-organic meat, there's so much liquid that comes out with it uh, compared to with uh, non-organic. So, um, Also with the organic grass-fed, you're cooking it at a lower temperature usually. So. I think so, yeah. All right, well, we'll continue eating and then um, we'll, uh, we'll do the five questions. Stop! Who would cross the people bridge? Must answer nigh these questions five. Air into the golden bathtub he dives. I hope you are replete after your... Uh... I, am, I am probably more full than I've been for a while. <laughs> it's very good. And, um, yeah, I think some of this stuff you've blessed me with comes from Reckless for Life I think we should uh, yeah we should I, mention can I, that can we give her a shout out yeah definitely give her a shout out uh, let's see I got uh, I think most of the things were made by her mother uh, we've got some Alaska blueberry jelly um, and then homemade goat soap also from her her family's shop or her family's uh, farmer's market stand they sell wild Alaska honey Wow. From Alaska Fireweed Flowers. Yeah, this looks and awesome. And I grabbed that for your wife. That's so cool. This, yeah, this is exactly the sort of stuff we like, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So thank you, Strike Engineer, and thank you, Reckless for Life. And yeah, I, I, I'm always uh, fascinated by the States, so it's really cool to have kind of real products that aren't just, you know, sometimes you see them here, like made in America or something, but yeah, this is actual stuff that's come from... From America, so I'm very right. excited. And I've noticed uh, a lot of places here uh, in the United States, it's a very big deal to see where things are made, made in China, mostly. Yeah, uh, but that's true. But a lot of places over here, you don't know where things are made. So um, my niece is a very big Harry Potter fan, mm-hmm. and I've told her not to, I'm like, I'm not going to buy you anything when I'm in England, because you can just order it on Amazon, the same stuff. Yeah, so that's true. It's cheap, cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true well let's just run through the five questions quickly okay. and then you'll uh, you'll have to strike on out of here won't you I will yep 
Did you like that? Throw in yeah, a bit of a good. bit that's of good. a. You were, a, you were punning. I was, oh, I didn't ever answer the question. Do I enjoy puns? Or I, I I love puns. I've always loved puns. I haven't seen that many puns from you on the forum. No, I I just I consume puns. I'm not good <laughs> at making puns. <laughs> I don't think anyone's good at making puns because most of them have already been made. It's just a case of. Reusing. You're, a, you're a pun master. Re- well, Whether you make them up yourself or you're recycling them. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on. Most most of them aren't. aren't I mean, some of them are. You, but it's like anything when you're in the creative process, you're taking something which maybe an idea or something someone else has already done and you're trying to put a twist on it or mm-hmm. put it across in a different way. But Well, before we get to the first question, the first question, uh, when you go from regular podcast to the paid subscriber section do you do you know what he often says you separate things like uh the uh the the regular candy from the m&ms yes it's the regular m&ms from the peanut m&ms and in honor of austin we will start off our five question interview with some peanut (laughs) m&ms for the pure teach family to enjoy even though you can get those over here we can but that's okay the uh Kids will be very excited, and I think are there three separate packets in there, or? Oh no, I think there's twelve. Twelve. Wow. Okay. Oh well, we'll enjoy those. That'll be great. Thank you very much. So now we can get started. <laughs> now we can get in started in honor of the paid subscribers who can listen to this. Excellent. When did you receive the Babylon Bee into your heart? Um, I was an early reader. Uh, I used to listen to Alpha and Omega Radio, which is James White. Mm-hmm. And within the first few articles that the B put out, I think a few of them or a couple of them were about James White. I think Adam Ford was probably a fan and would listen. Mm-hmm. So I could I could relate early on because James White would mention when this random Babylon B website would do an article on him. <laughs> uh, and that was probably 2016. So it was probably early, wow. early... B stuff. So they've been going I, that long, haven't they? Actually, yeah. yeah gosh. Yeah. So when it, I I would see B stuff on more <clears throat> main lines, I used to listen to a lot of conservative radio, and the Blaze Radio Network, which is Glenn Beck, um, they would mention these these Babylon B articles, and uh, I always felt like, uh, hey, that's my stuff because that's us uh, conservative Christians. That's our thing yeah. because. That's how it started. So when you'd hear it, like in 2017, 2018, and kind of these more mainstreams, I, I was almost kind of a little defensive of it. It's like, hey, that's our stuff. Leave it alone. But uh, no, it, it, so it, it's been a long time. I became a, a subscriber in 2020, January. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really get involved until probably um, less than a year ago. It was probably fall of last year. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I changed how I kind of how I was uh, billing clients and gave me a little more free time to play around on it a little bit. But the thing that kind of grabbed me and it's like, this is actually kind of a creative community where lots of fun things are going on uh-huh. uh, was uh, when conservative prof made 5 million. I'm like, what's this thing? What's going on here? And uh, <laughs> he was the first, I think he was the first and he was, yeah. And he's, he's gone far beyond the 5 million. So when you started to see stuff like that, when I started to see stuff like that on the, the forum, I'm like, maybe I should spend some time engaging with these creative, fun, satirical, comical people rather than clicking through news articles. And uh, <laughs> it, it actually was very uh, therapeutic mm-hmm. because the world can be very depressing. Yeah. And um, definitely. 
Along those lines, we, we've already talked about some gifts that uh, have come from four members. And since it is like a creative community, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we do have something here from Kurgle. Wow. I have no clue what it is. It's still wrapped up. It's a gift. I'm going to make your teach open right here live. Wow. And hey, her address is on there. Yeah. So maybe you can stop by when you're in the States. <laughs> I'm sure she'll, she'll give you dinner. Have we, have we got time for this, by the way? Yeah, we, to, we'll, we'll you make need time. To, you need to head off soon, maybe. But I'm going to do my best to try to drop names so that more people will be prone. But I, I stole the, the, the phrase creative space from something that, um, who was it? Ministry of Truth. I think I've yeah. seen him use that a couple times. Okay. So I've adopted it. So thank you for the term, Ministry of Truth. And um, it, it's really kind of a good describer as the form kind of changes to yeah. whatever it's going to be. Obviously, the thing that we want is we want to have our, our headlines published. But mm-hmm. if if we focus on that, I think it could be discouraging. But if we just focus on it, and this is what I've done pretty much since that um, first major engagement is how can you be creative? How can you enjoy it? How can you interact with people, kind of feed off their humor, enjoy people's comments yeah. rather than, yeah. than you know, um, well, we were, just the headline. We were talking about that before we hit record, hey, that it's... Uh the forum is so much more than just trying to get published. Um, and it's, it's developed a lot. But so I haven't, I haven't opened this yet. Kurgle, I have no idea what you've got me. <laughs> I think that's a, I think she's trying to tell you something. <laughs> v- visit. Can I, can I say the name of the city she's from? Uh, uh, just, just say the state, I think. And what's the state? Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. Visit Nebraska. <laughs> oh, she's got a note. Maybe you can read that. Oh, later. wow. This is wonderful. Okay. Okay, well, I'll read this uh, off air because it'll take me too long. But Kurgle, that's... Uh, oh, oh, this is for me. I guess I was supposed to open it before. You were supposed to open it, yeah. Okay, I got a personal note here. That's really kind, Kurgle. Thank you so much. Wow. And even if we never come, which I'd love to, it's really fun just to look through. And she included a game there that has been mentioned on the forum before. Is that uh, a game that has been a headline? Uh... Taco Cat. Taco Cat. Goat Cheese Pizza. Goat Cheese Pizza. Yes, she's mentioned that before. I believe that's Gizmo's favorite game. Wow, this is so cool. Okay, well, there's there's a few private notes in here, which I, you know, I'll read read off the... Oh, wow, and there's some bee stuff as well. Oh, wow, good for her. Wow. Hey, I've got a bee sticker. Oh, you got one of the metallic. Those were were like limited edition bee stickers. Oh, Kurgle, thank you so much. That's really generous. Wow. But I, I think she's trying to drop you a pretty big hint there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I, come I really to the wanna, States. I really want to come over once, but uh, okay, we'll make it happen. But um, thank you, Kurgle. That's really cool. That's really sweet. Yeah, so question number two, uh, Strike Engineer. Um, what's the favorite headline you've submitted? Um, my favorite headline actually was not really that much of a headline. It was when I wrote, right after B Live, I wrote The History of the World. Right. Um, it was a long string of comments that uh, Little Jedi helped me kind of format and put together and put online. <laughs> uh, and it was just fun because it was after Be Live, you had just interacted with the staff and the other forum members and gotten to know some of them in the flesh. Uh-huh. And I was sitting in the Austin airport just waiting um, for my plane. And I had all these kind of headline ideas kind of rolling around in my head. And I just started writing out big, long-form jokes or comments yeah. and I'm like you know what I can string this into kind of the history of the world which which I did and 
that was really probably my first big post where I had a lot of interaction with people and, and things mm. online. Thank you, little Jedi, for helping me do that. Um, he's a smart dude. If anyone has yeah. ever uh, met him in person, you know right away this guy's got a lot of stuff going on upstairs. And you've talked to him on the, yeah, on the forum yeah, or on the, the yeah. So, uh, and another thing um, that I just had lunch with uh, G. Fanson a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. um, and he said the good headlines are that he, the ones that he enjoys are the ones that he has to digest. So. If you have just a headline, I mean, yeah, sometimes it can be funny, but to fully get the headline or kind of appreciate the joke, you often have to look at the comments. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, he doesn't get to as many headlines as he wants because a lot of the good comments and stuff helps him. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's really what I like about a good headline is one that people are interacting with. Yeah. And one that I just recently, I did just shortly, it, it was it was kind of a stupid one. I was just thinking about uh, a word and it's like the headline was why is Q a word <laughs> and it's just a letter with a bunch of extra random things behind yeah, it. Yeah. the amount of interaction <laughs> um, after people had interacted with it for multiple days um, Mallory Mallory who is Canadian who also speaks multiple languages yeah. uh, she made a comment after all this interaction and she said hey who would have really thought that this headline would have had this many people interact with it and yeah that stuff's just fun <laughs> that's awesome okay and then um the next question which fast food menu item is a result of the fall uh i have a gift for that one as well you have a gift i have a gift for you let me see if i can i can oh my find goodness, it the, the surprises keep coming okay uh let's see here and you've already given this, me so much this was actually purple's idea <laughs> It's uh, no it, it's it's an item that has since been added to the list of. Uh, That's so cool. It's it's Chick Fil A sauce. Yes. So it's I've a big. I've never had Chick Fil A. Wait, I'll open that later. Okay, wow. so to answer the question, my food that I think is a result of the fall this is, is so an funny. extra crispy Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, I have not had that in years because the last time I had it, I don't really like. I don't like fried food that much, but to eat a food that's that's actively cutting up the inside of your mouth as you're eating it is just not uh, something I like. Now that you've you've digested or looked at that a little bit, there is another um, another one, another gift oh that goes along with food, just kind of an homage to all my bacon lovers on the forum. We have uncured classic bacon jam. Bacon jam. Bacon jam. This sounds like something Prof would enjoy. I, I, he was the one who inspired me <laughs> to get that. He didn't say anything, but I saw it on the shelf in the grocery store. I'm like, look, it says it says TBJ Gourmet, so it almost sounds like Tej. There you go. Tj on my initials. All the, all the way from the United States. Wow, man, you've already, oh my goodness, I've got so much here. <laughs> Feeling very, very so overwhelmed. Yeah, the, and the answer to that question is extra crispy Kentucky Fried Chicken. I will never probably eat again. Okay, it's just painful. All right. Okay. Well, time's ticking away. You'll have to leave in a few minutes. So we'll be we'll race through the last two questions. Um, what is your favorite denomination, and why is it Baptist? Um, it, it actually probably is Baptist, but again, in honor and Doctor Conservative Prof. No way. Who many know is a professor at a Baptist. <laughs> what is this school? Oh my goodness. Uh, I saw these extra bags here that you brought in, but I didn't realize there was a whole load of stuff. Uh, for, for conservative prof, he is uh, sending over a bunch of... So this is from prof? Or? Yeah, that, that whole bag is from prof. It's 
Oh, wow. Items from his university, yeah. um, which is a Baptist university. Wow. And great colors, purple. I better not post this one because it will uh, reveal yeah. where he lives. But right. Uh, and, that's and awesome. There's some t-shirts and things in there you can look through. But if you if you look at the color... Uh, <laughs> from, the, from the mug or the... No, the, the school colors there. Yeah. Um, from this. Yeah. Yeah. And in honor of the Baptists <laughs> on the forum. Welch's grape juice. Welch's grape juice for all those non, oh, non-drinking Baptists. Have you, have you done all this yourself? The, I have, The yeah. shrink wrapping. That's I really, did. really clever. And, uh, it's very efficient. For our pre- Presbyterians out there, we've got... Uh, this gift was inspired by uh, Dolomroth. Dolomroth. Uh, what's this? Alaskan... Is this a beer? Yes, Alaska Amber Beer. Wow. So amazing! It's not for communion, but it's it's to counter the uh, the the grape juice oh, from wow. the Baptist. I'm feeling, I'm feeling very blessed. This is um, Prophet sent me a nice hat to wear. Although it's not quite the weather for that now, but uh, it keeps you warm. But I think where he, where he lives, uh, he would have needed it because they had a huge amount of snow. Always. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm nice. feeling very blessed. Thank you so much. And thank you, Strike Engineer, for bringing it over. Look at this T-shirt. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I'll have to. I'll, I'll post a whole load of the pictures on the on the thing here on the uh, on the podcast. Oh, so now I need to answer the question, though. Um, yes. <laughs> have you got time, by the way? Oh it yeah. Is, it is one thirty. No, well, I gave a little buffer. Um, okay. I grew up in an Assembly of God church, yeah. um, and then I was baptized in high school in a. Christian Church, Church of Christ Church. Uh-huh. Um, so my my initial experience was kind of more. Well, I wouldn't say the the Church of Christ was charismatic, but that's kind of what I grew up in. Uh-huh. Um, but I've been to every form of denomination. I've, I've mm-hmm. even been to the Methodist Church with the woman pastor. You know, so heresy. Well, I, heresy. <laughs> I've seen the whole spectrum of Christendom, uh-huh. and. Um, I really kind of have landed. I don't go to a Baptist church now, but the word Baptist covers so much stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a kind of a catch-all. But my best friend um, and pastor, well, one of my best friends is a pastor of a Reformed Baptist church, and um, we've known each other quite a while. Uh-huh. Um, we, we went to school together, but we didn't really know each other in school. Um, we went to college together. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I sit down and try to theologically disagree with each other because he's gone to seminary and um, Mm -hmm. we just, because we know each other so well, it would be a guy that you can be like, well, I disagree with you on this and you'd have a good conversation about why. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't remember anything we've really disagreed on. Sure. So in honor of him, I would say I'm a reformed Baptist (laughs) just because he's the guy that I I find the least to disagree with or... Not to be like, contentious, but yeah, I would say that's. I would lean more Baptist, Reformed Baptist, than anything else. Mm. Okay, all right. And then the final question: Is there anything else? I'm kind of holding oh. my breath with the next question. No, there, go ahead. What is the last question there? There's, there's still a bag on the on the table here. I'm just wondering what's what's going to come out of that with the next. I'm going to keep asking you questions and get loads of gifts. <laughs> um, Go ahead, ask the question. Question number five. If the FBI raided your house, how many my pillows would they find? Well, they would find seven last week, but uh, now they're only going to find six. <laughs> my pillow. 
That's it, is, it is actually a my pillow throw pillow in honor of all the throw pillow jokes. Um, this is with, fantastic. With this very ugly. Um, Mike Lindell on the front. Yes, Mike Lindell on the front in this very ugly pillowcase. That is very American looking, actually, isn't it? No, of, offense, no offense. In honor of all of our, our subscribers who are all over the world, it's a world map on a very ugly. It's throw too, pillowcase. It's not too bad. It's you know, it's got its charms. I can see, but yes, know. okay. So I will treasure that. Yes, there's that your, is so cool. I, I I have one less throw pillow for the FBI to, or one less my pillow for the FBI to find now because <laughs> it is it's in Europe. Oh man, well, I'm feeling I'm feeling very blessed here. This is um, my goodness. There's so much stuff here. I hadn't expected to. Well, I, you'd asked if you could bring anything over, so I'd said oh, I wouldn't mind trying one or two American bits and pieces but uh this uh this is wonderful and it's, you know especially the stuff from prof and kurgle and the chick-fil-a sauce that's uh that's really nice yeah well and there were a few things since i'm here i yes. wanted to mention we have a few more minutes um i i did cheat and looked at some of the questions okay. uh and i think nicholas may have asked a question about my favorite kind of inside joke of- uh he might have done i i I tried to get as many in as I could. Okay. Well, one of his questions was kind of my favorite inside joke. Okay. And I think I'm giving credit to the right person. Um, And I want to mention this because going back to this creative space that that we interact with. Yeah. My favorite inside joke is the creations of these characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the the, kind of the the two people who start up the most are Alola Roku how do you, is that how you say it? I've got no idea. Uh, yeah, Alola Roku and Stanky Stankowitz will create a character or a phrase or something that becomes then part of the culture. Yeah. Like the Jeff Larsons or the Gerald Hemsworth. Was it Hems? Yeah, Hemsworth or something. Hems, what, the, the, fat, the fourth fat. Um, so those are the inside jokes that I really like that are just like someone has just created a character out of space that then yeah. becomes part of the forum culture that um, everybody, a lot of people buy into feeding off the uh, the headlines in the, in the comments. So yeah. that that's kind of my favorite um, part. Uh, and another thing uh, that it's not really inside, but I, I prefer the Bible headlines, I uh-huh. think, the yeah. Bible topics. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if this would be really be considered a, an inside joke, but is it second gen Pappy did the judges through the judges headlines mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago? That was brilliant. And he has a lot of really good uh, Bible headlines that just you got to really think about. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like, okay, I know who this character is. I know enough about him, but I don't get the headlines. So then you're going to the Bible. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. Then it becomes an experience with a headline. Like I talked about where Chief Anson said he likes to interact with them. So Yeah. I, I'm I, not sure. Yeah. So that doesn't really count as it, an inside joke, but that's it just a, something I enjoy. Is it a wrong motivation to re- read the word of God when you're thinking, I want to read the Bible so I can figure out a good, funny headline for the, <laughs> for the headline forum. But I've done it. I, or, or the opposite is I know this is funny somehow, why why is it and and uh i'm going to mention a couple people who are no longer on the forum but Velsbato and the librarian were very very good about that where yeah. they'd have very deep or complex theological concepts and thoughts in a very short headline and it would often cause you to say i i need to look this up or i need to i need to 
interact with the scriptures so that I have a better understanding of yeah. this funny comment. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, the, the librarian left a while ago. It's a shame. It's uh, and uh, felt spot too. Yeah, they are missed. I, I would say, in the forum, those were my two head. Are we allowed to have favorites? Um, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, I would say those two have been my. They've consistently pitched my favorite headlines. Yeah, through through the. Felt, uh, I mean, yeah, Felt Spotto was my. Uh, I mean, he he was there when 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 I joined as well. So, mm-hmm. um, we kind of grew up together, as it were, in the forum. Right. So it was uh, it was a shame when he left. Although, yeah, I must say, I, I, I check on his profile now and again. And it kind of says their last activity. And sometimes it's like, you know... He's coming on. A couple of weeks ago. So I think he's, uh, his profile is still active, but he, um, he's not on there actually actively engaging. But I think he logs in occasionally to, who knows, listen to this podcast or, uh, Maybe. or others. But, um, but I, have his, I have his cell number, so we, we sometimes text each other. But I'll have to do that. It's been a while. Um, okay, well... We're done. I've got to get on the road. You need to get on the road, don't you? Um, so you're heading straight off to Brussels Airport now? Um, I have to stop and buy some chocolate somewhere. Ah. Oh, I get, I'll get it at the airport. I'll you know, <laughs> it's a good job you said that because I have something for you as well. Oh, really? Is yes. it chocolate? Oh, my. I have to confess, this is my wife's instigator. And there are some very stereotypical Belgian goodies in there. For oh, perfect. So do you want to have a look? Sure, yeah. So we have the biscuits. Is that proper... That is a typical Belgian, uh, they're made here in Belgium. Um, it's, uh, what would you call that? It's, uh, it's uh, they call it speculoos. It's a, it's a dip, a, co- a dipping biscuit, yep. I think is what you call it when you're drinking your coffee. Yeah, but it's, uh, that's, that's a typical favorite here. Those are very typical Belgian truffles. Ooh, they look very, almost handmade. They are, they're very nice. And, and a variety pack here. It's a oh. variety pack of... And that, that's kind of to go with the coffee as well. Little chocolates. Yeah, and these are um, the brand that my mom said she likes the best. Oh, yeah. So that's why I said I'd just stop into a gas station because everybody has them, right? Yeah, exactly. But that's her favorite brand. But that's okay. It's Goute, Goute d'Or. You have to say it with a French accent, then it sounds impressive. And this is that's the same not as, in English. That's the same as the biscuits um, okay. or the cookies. How would you say that? And then it's... Um, but it's like a, it's like a spread. Okay. So it's like a speculoos uh, spread. Um, and it, do you want me to translate it for you? Sure. Um, yeah, so the, it's, a past, it's like a pasta uh, that you spread, a paste. And I'm not sure how healthy or unhealthy it is, but um, it's made here in Belgium. And the ingredients, yeah, it's not very exciting. but um, Okay. Uh, always nice, always surprising. Uh, Okay. Yeah, it's it's basically a paste from the biscuits. And the then what is this final thing? That is Jules de Strope, which is a very nice um, stereotypical Belgian make of uh, of biscuits or cookies. So they're little waffles, little Belgian waffles. Yeah, but they're kind of like it's like a crunchy biscuity thing. Okay. Uh, very nice. Uh, and then you've also, I thought, you know, you can buy them in a pack that you throw away, but I've given you a tin. Well, so thank you. Can, you. Uh, so I can have a, can a keepsake. For- have a keepsake. And you can take that back. I, I do. I have to say, though, Strike Engineer, com- compared to what you've given me, it's uh, a bit stingy. So, <laughs> well, I was not. I, I had help. I you think, did. Uh, there were there were a few people who were involved, and I I apologize uh, for if other people wanted to bring have me bring something to you. I maxed out my suitcase. <laughs> so, when do you fly back to the states? We fly back on the twenty second. We get back on the twenty third. Okay. 
Yes. We? Is that you're going back with a, a business um, partner? Yes. A uh, guy I used to work with. His wife is from Poland, and this is her first time going to the back to the States. Okay. And they have a six-month-old grandchild. Wow. They get to meet for the first time. Oh, so. fantastic. So you're meeting them there, and then you're all flying back together. We are. Yep. Uh, They'll be staying with me in Alaska for, uh, for a few days while while they enjoy the States. And I had, I had a look at the weather report in Alaska uh, the other day, and it was very bleak looking. It was very cold. I, I've been getting updates. Yeah. It's not... Uh, so it's quite, you're, you've come at a good time because Belgium is usually raining and miserable, but to, this week it's pretty hot. Well, that's what they told me about London and I had a beautiful, it was 82 degrees, sunny all day. Yeah. So. Whatever that is in real temperature. Maybe I need to go back to Alaska so we can have some good weather. <laughs> Take it with you. Okay, well, you're literally going to hit the road now and we'll end this recording. So thanks so much for coming all this way just to, well, you were here, but you kind of came quite a long way out of your yes, way. Thanks for the, your hospitality and the food. And yeah, you're very welcome. Up your house to me. Very welcome. I know, I know where Tij lives. Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've been to my humble, the Tij, the Maison Tij. <laughs> all right. Well, and I thank guess. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we'll keep interacting on the headline forum, hey? Yes. Uh, by the way, I should apologise for the background noise. You know, we, we're, re we're recording this on my iPhone and it's nice and warm, so I've got my door open and we live quite near to a supermarket, so they're just doing a delivery. Usually, and this is a funny thing. Usually when we record We The People, it's about 9, 10, 10 o'clock in the evening for me. Okay. So everything's really quiet. But now my town is, uh, is alive. <laughs> it's a beautiful town. It's a, it's a great little gem in it's, the um, countryside. It's, it's a small little... in. in in Flemish dialect, they call it a, a burenhut, which means uh, literally translated a farmer's hole. A farmer's hole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're right in the middle of a hole of just, all the just, farms everywhere. Just a small little country. Well, compared to America, I don't know. What's it, what's it like here compared to the States? Um, in the Midwest, you, it would be very similar where you drive through a lot of um, mm -hmm. farmland and have little sure. towns. So. I get the impression that... The, there's more space over there though, isn't there? People, like here, people are very, the houses are smaller, the gardens are smaller. Right. Um, Where in the States, the generally, you'll, you'll see more houses than say row houses, like what, what you see sure. over here. Yeah. Um, everybody wants a yard with grass on four sides, which I've got. Yeah, nice. Um, people are people, I think. Yeah. God, put certain uh, attributes in a human being so that yep. they're going to want to live a certain way. Some people are going to want to live with no neighbors in the middle of the woods. And yeah. Some people are going to want to live in a city with 26 million That's, people. Uh, yeah. I, I, we're not city people. I mean, uh, we, we, we're, we're very happy here. We love, the, we love our home. But um, if we had the money, without hesitation, we'd move to uh, a bigger farm house with more land. Mm -hmm. um, and we'd actually love to, to take care of my in-laws as well, have enough space well, as they get older that they could live with us. Um, FBI is just it's almost unpayable now and the the limits that the government put on on renovations and the requirements in that yeah, way as an engineer I, as I travel I pay attention to things and I've noticed uh, everywhere in Europe lots of new construction happening but lots of really old houses sitting empty uh, yeah just rotting I guess and what's a shame is that the old houses get knocked down especially here in this town it happens all the time I think the when you drove in, um, I don't know if you paid attention, but uh, there's a, a block of uh, apartments being made um, just as you drive through opposite the church. 
and there used to be a really nice old building there, yeah, knocked it down. And uh, yeah, it's a shame.